from Atlanta News First Plus, this is Sports Tonight. Welcome in to State Farm Arena. The Hawks back at it after the All-Star break. That means the second half of the season is officially on the way. It's very important for them to start playing the best basketball they've played all season. It's HBCU night here tonight. It'll be a very, very cool night. But listen, we just heard from head coach Quinn Snyder. The very first thing he was asked about was Clint Capella. He will be restricted tonight, but he is back from injury. That's a good thing since Onyeka Kongu is now out with a toe injury, the same injury he suffered at USC while he was in college. But here's Quinn on what's happening with Capella tonight as far as minute restrictions. Um, it, it, I always hesitate. I'll give you, you know, I'd say 16 to 20 minutes, 18 to 22, you know, right in that, that bandwidth. Yeah. And, you know, as you know, Bob, we'll, that'll be something that we'll, we'll watch as well, you know, and, uh, his conditioning and number of things like that. that, that what's that? He looked really good being out on the court. <laughs> he's big. No, he look. He's he's. Uh, it's good anytime you get a guy that you know has been out and they're making progress and coming back. It's obviously a positive. Uh, Raptors have forty and forty six fast break points in the last two games. Yeah. What what have you seen? Uh, and you know, how do you guys kind of slow that down? Yeah, they're. I mean, they they're one of the top teams in the league. You know, with their thrust and transition, and as you said, their fast break points. I think um, some of that's a function of Scotty Barnes being able to push the ball off the rim, um, and it's just there's an awareness of it. It's something that obviously. You talk about as part of the game plan you work on to the extent um, it's obviously hard to simulate that in a practice setting uh, in a walkthrough um, but as you said you know bringing it to our attention emphasizing it being aware of it and um, I think that the challenge is you, you know you have to be back but you also have to you know be shifted and, and, and show a crowd and limit some of those lanes to the basket um, so that you, you know it's more of a deterrent than anything so um, you have to react immediately when a shot's taken you know you can't ball watch you got to turn and run run back and shift and talk and you might be on different you know you you'll be cross-matched you know guys will take you know you're not going to have a man you know you but you have to cover whoever that is be it with the ball or or not Quinn, this this Raptors team is different from the last time when you saw them. What do you take from where they are, the new parts and pieces, and how you prepare for the game tonight? Well, I, you know, I, I think with Scotty Barnes um, being who he is, uh, the elite player that he is, he dictates, you know, their style of play in many respects. Um, obviously, quickly, um, you know, his ability to score the ball. Um, some other guys that are playing more, you know, RJ Barrett, we know him. A lot of these guys, you know, as players, um, you know, and they're, they're integrating their guys, you know, as they've gotten new guys. So, um, but I, I think the style of play, as you mentioned, even the last couple of nights is, is not dissimilar. Okay. Okay. 
Tonight's game tips at 7.30 on Peachtree Sports Network, so we'll see what the Hawks can do, but certainly a win will get them going here in the second half of the season. Scott, I'm going to send it back to you in the studio. We'll see you Monday. Welcome, Ellie. Welcome, everybody here. <laughs> Ellie, how you feeling on this Friday? It's Friday. It's been a long week. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, it's good to have the Hawks back, right? So, mm -hmm. the Hawks back in action tonight, like Emily was saying, against the Raptors. Look, I think from this point forward, you look at every game like it's a tough game, right? I mean, yep. just about 27 of them left to play. The Hawks holding on to the play-in spot right now, that number 10 spot. Hopefully, not only can they hold on to that for uh, for their sake, but maybe mm -hmm. move up a little bit. Um, it's going to be hard, obviously, with some guys down with injuries. I was out yesterday uh, with the Hawks as they practiced and uh, tried to get things shaked down ready for the uh, for the second half of the season. Uh Coach, everyone, Coach and Trey Young and those guys were pretty laid back. Look, they understand the task in front of them. They know what they have to do to to get back where they need to be. So I tell you what, I'm going to stop talking, and let's get to some of the some to. Uh, I'm sorry, let's get to uh, Coach Quinn yesterday at practice and Trey Young just sort of talking about what it's going to take to get this team headed in the right direction and playoff ready. You know, I, I think for everybody, you know, All Star break is. Always a, a point in the season where you know every, every, you could probably get a complete agreement that everybody could use a couple of days. So you know you get a chance to reconnect with your family and um, do some of those things, and then it's hard to you know you don't try to get basketball completely off your mind because you know it's coming again quick. And but you know ready to get going again. When you guys have 26 games left in the regular season, just when you look back at the first 56, what stuck out to you is where you guys can continue to improve and, and how do you hope you can execute that in the last third of the season? Yeah, I think, you know, we've we've been inconsistent in some areas. Um, you know, there's a little bit, and you can't wallow in it, but with Onyeka's situation now, you know, he was really playing well. and. He's, we've lost some key guys at various times, so it's um, kind of trying to look through that and beyond that and, and see the things that um, you know we need to do better. And, and, and you know, you land on our defense, um, so you have a chance to kind of look at that. And you know, no real um, epiphanies there; just a, a lot of things we need to continue to be better at. Um, various things that we've tried to do throughout the course of the season. And, you know, doubling down on some of the habits that, that we know are important and then and to the extent there's some things that you can tweak to try to give yourself a better chance to, to be good, you do that. As far as, you know, you mentioned Onyeka, Clint, they were injured heading into the break. Just how are they coming back and are they feeling any better? I, yeah, I think Onyeka, you know, oh, it's tough because he's, you know, even before um, Clint went out, he's someone that you, you can see, just see his progress. He's you know, he's getting better in a lot of areas, and he some of the things he does and does well, you know, give us another dimension, but on both ends of the floor. Um, so losing him for, um, you know, I, I don't want to speak out of turn as far as you know a timeline goes, but you know, he's not going to be available for the foreseeable future. Um, you know, so Bruno's someone that's had to step up in Clint's absence, and you know, we'll get Clint back. Um, but he'll be in a situation where he hasn't, you know, it's been a few weeks since he's played, and um, I'm sure he'll be 
on some sort of minutes restriction with respect to that. So those are just things we need to continue to work through. And, um, you know, that we, we can, we've got to be better containing the ball. Um, you know, it starts there. And, and then there's other situations where we need to be able to help each other more. So that's true regardless of who's on the floor. I mean, you saw what I did during the weekend. Uh, and then I went to Orlando and spent some time at Disney World with my family. And I took my kids around and just acted like a kid for a couple of days. So. Favorite ride at Disney World? Um, I mean, I, I like Toy Story. I like competing, so that was a fun ride. So I like road coasters, so Space Mountain was cool. When you look at the final, you know, stretch of this season, when you think about what you guys were able to do in the first quote-unquote half, what would you say is something that you want to focus on as you make a push um, down the stretch? Um, I mean, we just got to focus on, like, the, the details and the little things and, uh, closing games and just making sure that we we focus on every little thing um it's not just one thing that we can focus on because there's a lot of areas that we can be better at and um be really good at so we just got to focus on that and uh not take not look ahead and just focus on one game at a time and and try to win as many as we can these last 27 everyone saw what you did this weekend but did you enjoy the weekend yeah i had a lot of fun it was fun I want to ask you about the uh, LED court. Uh, what were you, what were your thoughts on that, and what, what was it like playing on on that kind of uh, definitely a different kind of thing than you used to? Yeah, it was it was different. Uh, we walked out there. Um, it's not like a, a regular wood floor, obviously. So the the grip and your shoes are a little different. And um, as we were as I was practicing, I didn't want to go too fast. And even when it started, I I was trying not to fall or like do nothing crazy embarrassing like going around the little cones and stuff so um yeah it was a different type of floor but you didn't really notice it whenever you're when I'm when I was shooting or when I was going or doing different things it was just more about the feel from the grip in your shoe but it wasn't nobody was playing a live game on it so how important is that break for you guys uh I mean the break's always important for me uh and I think our team it can always benefit us uh I mean, we've been dealing with a lot of injuries, so guys getting healthier and trying to use this time to, to get back right and um, or find out what, what's wrong with their body so they can fix it. Uh, I think that's important for the break. And then also just mentally, just being able to step away, be be with your families. I mean, during the season, you're so dialed in and the best are just focused on the, the season and focused on their team. So you kind of lose the factor of being, I mean, a family person, a dad or whatever it is. So sometimes a break can, can help you clear your mind and then come back fresh and be ready to go and, and uh, just take off from there. So that's that's how I use it and how I've always thought about, I mean, using the All-Star break. You mentioned that 27 games left. Everything, trade deadline's passed, All-Star break's passed. How do you feel just overall? Is it a positive outlook with what you have now on this team approaching these last 27 games as you try to make that push? Yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, I've always just had a positive outlook ever since I was drafted here. Uh, I thought we were going to the finals my rookie year, uh, not knowing how the NBA would be. Um, I mean, I've always just confident, staying positive. I mean, I got a, we got 27 games left this year, uh, unless we want to make some noise, noise in the playoffs. Uh, so we just got to take it one game at a time. And my, my focus is just taking these 27 games one game at a time, and not looking far, too far ahead at whatever. So. Well, what do you know, Ellie? Breaking news into the newsroom. While we were running that sound, Del McGee, the running backs coach at Georgia, 
is expected to be named the head coach at Georgia State, replacing Sean Elliott, who earlier this month resigned to go be tight ends coach at the University of South Carolina. Our very own Emily Gagnon just confirmed that a few minutes ago. So Georgia State, Del McGee's name had been circled around this job for a little bit, for a couple of days. It's been, been a little bit expected. For sure. Yeah. I mean, but I, I'm sorry, Panthers have their man. Yeah, I mean, last couple of days they talked about it was either going to be Dale McGee or Buster Faulkner. And look, uh, we're joking around as soon as we got the news. And I said, look, if you're going to pluck a coach, if you're in the state of Georgia and you're coaching a college football team, Georgia State, right? I mean, so this is a mm-hmm. job at Georgia State. If you're going to move on and you're looking for a coach, for me, there's no better place to look for that coach than the University of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Because... Look, look at what they've done the last few years. Those guys under Kirby Smart. Back to back national champions. Right. If I'm, if, if I'm looking for a head coach, I have no problem looking for guys who have learned from Kirby Smart and making them my head coach. So to me, this is a big win for Georgia State. If you have to move on from Sean Elliott, they did a, he, look, Coach Elliott did a really good job last year. The team bounced back from a rough year the year before. Uh, but look, he went to move on. And I think Dell McGee is an excellent fit for what Georgia State is trying to do. Look, he was also interim coach at Georgia Southern back in 2015 as well, too. So he has held a head coaching position. He knows what it's like to be a head coach. He was a running back coach at a UGA under Kirby Smart, learning from him. So I like the hire, um, so, but I guess we'll see how it unfolds. But I think good times for Georgia State football. Mm-hmm. Definitely had a more a uh, successful season last year. Almost had a shot at that New Year's Six Bowl early in the season before they that loss to LSU. They started really good. They had a really good start to the season. Then they kind of trickled off a little bit. But I think, once again, here's a guy who was at the University of Georgia. So he maintains a lot of those recruiting connections throughout the state of Georgia. I think they were looking to keep that um, intact. So, once again, uh, if you could pluck a coach from under Kirby Smart, you're on the right path mm-hmm. to being the sort of football program that you want to be. All right. Moving on. MLS yeah. starts tomorrow. Atlanta starts United tomorrow. in Columbus against the defending MLS champions. Columbus crew. Whew, I'm excited for this. Excited? Look, I mean, it seems like uh, it seems like the MLS season is it's just seems like it just ended, and here yeah, are yeah. right back on top of it again. And it's going to be really chilly tomorrow in Columbus. I mean, temperatures oh, are going to be in the 30s. You're you're from Cleveland. You know that weather. You know that weather. That is look. If you're going to plan to do anything in the state of Ohio, and better before, I'm going to say before <laughs> May. If you're going to do anything in the state of Ohio before May, mm-hmm. uh, just be prepared for what can happen as far as the cold. They're lucky it's not going to snow. <laughs> I mean, it, it, look, I saw the forecast. It might be some flurries or something like that, but nothing significant. But they should just count their blessings that it's probably not going to be very much snow because February in Ohio, you can seriously see a lot of snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what they were thinking about scheduling this one at this point, the opener. <laughs> In February in Columbus, but whatever. Look, I mean, anyway, uh, we got out to their practice yesterday, uh, coach, and uh, he's really excited to get the season going. Everybody out there is really excited for the season that's in front of them. You know what? I'm done talking. Let coach do the talking from here. Coach. Wada available. Is he good to go to start on Saturday? Yes, he's he's available to play. And uh, other players who aren't available is that just Tiare, Mosquera, and Etienne? CRA, Mosquera, and Derek Etienne. That's correct, yes. All right. Yeah, good. <laughs> All right, we're done. Uh, now, have you okay. named team captains? Uh, what do you mean? 
have you named the captains for the team? Is it Guzan? Is it Gigi? Well, I think we're going to keep the same with Brad being the captain of the team, as as you know, as as it's been um, for a long time. So he's going to be the captain, and then you know. Uh, Mice left, who was kind of the vice captain, and then we have a couple options. Yeah, depends on who's on the field. We will make that decision. If Guzan is captain, is it fair to infer he's going to start then? I'm sorry. Is it fair to infer that Guzan will start on Saturday if he is a captain? No, no, that's 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 not uh, the case. I think uh, he was a captain when he was injured. He wasn't on the field, and he was a captain of the team. Being the captain is not wearing the armband on, on the game. Being the captain is way much more than that. So for us, he's the captain, and he's on the field, or he's not. Uh, so it's it's not related to me. So like ag- ag- again, <laughs> well, you want to know the lineup? Just just ask it straight. You want to know the lineup? And uh, no, that's uh, the one question everyone okay. has about the lineup, though, is who's going to start at goal? Okay, so just a bit of patience. Saturday at two. Probably a little bit before that, you will know. So, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, again, for me, talking about the captaincy is to me is leadership is something that is not related with who plays, who doesn't play. Is is again, Brad was the captain uh, the year that he was injured. He was there in the locker room cheering for the players, and he was the captain of the team, regardless of he was on the field or not. That's different story. Uh, so, yeah, he's the captain whether he's or he's not on the field. You're playing the defending champs. You're going on the road. How good of a situation is that for y'all to kind of put down a marker for the rest of the season? Yeah, good. Obviously, it's it's a a difficult game. Uh, They are a very good side. They are at home. They are motivated. They just won the trophy. So it's going to be a difficult task, but I think uh, we are prepared. The the team, I feel, is very focused on this game. And, uh, yeah, we're going to compete. What have you liked from Derek Williams this preseason? Uh, I think many. One is his experience. I think he has a lot of experience in the league and, and, and outside of the league. His aggression in general, on and off the ball, I think is another one. And then his ability to communicate to the back line and, and to lead that area. Uh, pass message, I think that's been very good. Um, so, yeah, something that... Uh, that yeah, he can he can help us in that that way. You've been building up in preseason times with three uh, Caleb dropping back and Brooks being forward. Is that a change at all from last year in any way? I know it was happening some, um, but is that any kind of tweak that's happening? No, it depends of the areas of the field. Mm-hmm. I would say that when we are in a lower block. Um, it's more traditional kind of back four, uh, kind of you can say that Brad makes the back three with the two center backs. Higher on the field, yes, we've been playing around with that. That doesn't mean Brooks is going to be high all the time. We don't we don't actually like that. We want him to arrive with time and space in front of him, but not staying there. So it can be flexible, depends on the opponent. But yeah, we've been training a lot the back three. And, uh, and yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Depends of again the opponent. Are they pressing with three? Are they pressing with two? Uh, depends of some things like that. But yeah, there, there's been um, cases where we are building with three. Uh, Brooks going either in the pocket on the right side or a little bit inside out, outside in from that right back position. Uh, but the idea is always to activate quickly players in between the lines and from there progress the ball faster to our wingers or our 10. And then from there, hopefully we can create chances with, with the amount of talent we have up front. How effective has Bartek been at uh, breaking lines, being aggressive? He's been on the ball 
He's been very good. I think uh, he's a very complete player in that position. He is, uh, he's uh, a hard worker. He's a guy that uh, covers a lot of ground. Defensively, he, he's very smart to read passing lanes, to cover uh, certain passing lanes for the opponent that, you know, at times he doesn't even need to block that one because he's there, so then they have to find a different solution. Uh, also, he's very good in the 1v1 duels, good in the air. Um, and, uh, yeah, progressing the ball, he's been very good. A little bit more simple. At times, plays two touches and, and, and moves the ball faster, which is something we like. Uh, I think he's done well with that pair, with Tristan, with Ajani, with Dax. I think we have very a lot of players with high quality in that part of the field. And the cohesion there has <clears throat> been better. And I expect, as, as we continue playing more games, uh, that cohesion in that pair is is very good. On that, on, sorry. Go on that note, we were just talking to Gigi. He said quite confidently that this team is going to be better defensively this year. Um, why do you think that's going to be the case? Well, we, we've been working a lot on that, uh, and uh, the message from the coaching staff has been, uh, you know, just purely stats maybe we were one of the best teams attacking last year but we were not one of the best defending so if we can probably concede a couple less goals continue being attacking minded team and continue trying to score many goals but can we have a little bit more balance and and, and better defensive actions i think that guarantees a couple more points that hopefully put us in the in the top four candidates there in the in the top top tier of, of, of the conference so we can be a more complete team so we are talking about everyone uh, willing willingness to defend uh, attitude uh, first effort second effort back pressure shift overs of course a better organization in terms of the middle block and the high press uh, but but more than anything is the willingness of the team to to press and to uh, to defend um, so we're calling it press to attack. That's how we call it, because you have to give something to the attackers. They're thinking attack, and it's a very difficult challenge for coaches at times, making the most talented players in your team, make them defend. It's difficult, but if the message is we are pressing in this way so we can attack even more, so we regain the ball as soon as possible, and then we can attack more, that's, that's something they are interested in. Uh, so, so that's something we can do. Uh, I don't really care how we start. All I care about is to start with a win. Uh, of course, it's going to be a competitive game. They are the, the league, uh, they won the league title last year, so um, they have this uh, aura, and uh, it's going to be nice to win at their home and to start with uh, with Real Tiago returned this week. Uh, how's the chemistry between y'all since you didn't have a lot of time in the preseason to work together? Uh, hopefully, we didn't lose it. So we take it from where we left it, and uh, we're going we're gonna to improve, I think, day by day and game by game. Did you last year seem at times there was a disconnect between when you would press and the rest of the team would counter press as well? How have y'all worked on counter pressing in particular this preseason? Uh, of course, we worked a lot on the, on the pressing, uh, but I cannot tell you when it's going to be uh, on the field in a perfect uh, way to press because as long as we, we start the, the, the official games, then we'll know for sure how much we worked or how much we need to improve more and to work more on this uh, on this aspect of our game. We'll see. Hopefully, we're going to be compact. We're going to be uh, there for each other and uh, we're going we're gonna to do some some things better than last year collectively. Can you talk about the uh, training camp the team was on in Florida and just kind of what that, what that adds to the team or how that helps you going into the year? 
you mean a bit about the players that we, we brought on? Just kind of about like getting away, kind of getting out, being close with your teammates for... Yeah, of okay, okay. Uh, so as about the team bonding, it helped a lot. Uh, we spent some time uh, uh, with each other and uh, it was it was really nice. It was a very good chance to, to meet uh, each other even more and uh, to share things about our lives and to uh, open up a little bit. And... Uh, yeah, it was nice, it was nice, but uh, it will help more. We'll try to uh, do some things all together, uh, even here in Atlanta, to spend some time with our families uh, and to help the team bonding even more and to create a unit. How healthy do you feel? 100%. Are you a team captain? Have they been named yet? Oh, no, I don't know anything about that. Uh, all I know is that... I have to do my best this year. I have to um, to prove every single game why they uh, why they signed me and why they signed me in a deep spot, and that's all uh, my concentration. We talked to you a couple of times after some losses last year about the team's mental toughness and its focus. What have you seen from the preseason that gives you uh, more positive feelings about that going into this season? Uh, I think I, I don't want to make any conclusion uh, yet because it was just a preseason. It was some friendly games. We didn't have even uh, we didn't even the 90 minutes of each game. Every- so uh, when I kind of chuckled when I saw this topic here coming out of this. So it seems like the MLB is just trying to come up with ways to evolve the game and grow the game more and grow their <laughs> fan base and get more people interested in Major League Baseball. So, we got to do something about these pants, man. So they've uh, re- resorted to some new pants. The pants at the pants that uh, Nike and Fanatics have put out this year for MLB for the MLB spring training are basically see-through. Um, you can see everything: compression shorts, whole nine yards. Nobody likes it. The players don't like it. Fans don't like it. I know. Okay, some fans have probably do. Most to, of them have don't. Have they talked to the female fans? <laughs> according to according to at least one player's wife, the wives like it. Well, well, uh, and the MLBPA yeah, has uh, has stepped in and, and said, you know, we we need to, we need to get this fixed. The, the, right, Tony. I saw Tony Clark was pretty upset about it. Look, I guess the wives will like it until some other female fans at the game like it, and then maybe they won't <laughs> like it anymore. The so. Padres up in. Up and said, you know what? Screw it. We're just using last year's pants for spring training. Look, they ditched I, the pants entirely. I tell you what. I mean, this is a business, right? You have to come up with different ways to innovate and grow the game. So if you've got to get to some see-through pants, I mean, as long, <laughs> as, long as they're family friendly, I mean, it is well, what it is. I mean, mm, have you seen they, some of these tweets? As long mm. as they get to play baseball, that's what matters. As long as they get to play baseball, we got to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is they get the chance to play baseball. So that's... That's the main thing. I mean, who cares what the pants look like, right? All right, we got to get out of here. We got to get it. Get out of here. What's on your mind, Scott? Uh, Just real quick. NFL scouting combine starts Monday. I'm looking forward to that. There's a lot of, I think, 13 players from UGA headed to the combine. The one I'll be most interested in is Brock Bowers because it Mm -hmm. seems like he's sort of tumbling down some of the mock drafts. So it'll be interesting to see what his medical turns out to be, given that leg injury throughout the year, to see if he can boost that status back up. All right, we got to get out of here. For Scott Pennyman, I'm Ellie Parker. Hawks Raptors tonight on Peachtree TV. See ya.